Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for tuning in to the Sons of UCF Live replay. A reminder, if you want to catch the live show on video, always available on our YouTube page, just search Sons of UCF. And the Sons of UCF is proud to be sponsored by our friends at Gordon and Partners. Since 1993, Gordon and Partners have been dedicated to the pursuit of justice for those who have been wrongfully injured at no fault of their own. It's important that you get legal advice from somebody you trust, so contact UCF alum Michael Hoffman directly if you have any legal needs or questions, you can visit their website at www.fortheinjured.com or send Michael a text at 407-913-5350. Don't trust just anybody. Trust the best. And trust a fellow knight. Gordon and Partners. For the Injured. It's not just a haircut. It's an experience. Welcome to something you see live. Good night. Charge on. Hello, Night Nation. I'm Trey Strelko. Welcome into the Sons of UCF Live. Adam, let's get a quick hello from you before we turn to UCF Mike, because yeah. this is the part of the show where your internet drops. So say hi real quick. Yeah, I'll be I'll be here for like 13 seconds. I'll see you later. It's a good thing the heat game is on. I'm watching it, so you don't have to pull a UCF Mike and not tell me the score. And it's now Adam will drop out. Mike, hello. How are you? Minutes. The NFL dropping its schedule right off the top here, and I'd love your reaction to the Giants schedule when it officially comes out. How many wins? <laughs> Oof, the Giants have been crap for years now. Um, but I, the schedule is very soft. They have one of the easiest schedules in the league. So, so four uh, wins, five? I, I'm expecting a, a better performance this year. Maybe the six. Let's go with six mm-hmm. and 11. Six, mm-hmm. knock it on the playoff door in the NFC East. <laughs> That's what that is. Uh, yeah. Let's begin. Uh, by the way, we can comment on NBA action. Adam's okay with that, unlike last week when we were shunned. We were Let's do it at the beginning of the show. I've never actually seen the beginning of the show. This is what happens? Okay. Good to know. <laughs> He's back. Let's begin on a basketball theme with an appreciation for one Kirk Spiro, former UCF men's basketball head coach, retiring after 43 seasons in coaching. Of course, that included 17 years as head coach of the UCF Knights, four NCAA tournament appearances. Salute to Kirk Spiro. Yeah, I'll always have a soft spot for, uh, for for Kirk. He was the coach when Mike and I were at school there. We went to a lot of games at the arena. You know, the Kirk's jerks were out in full of force. You know, it was a fun time. We were kind of a grassroots program, you know, playing in the A-Sun back then. And, uh, you know, Kirk kept the program afloat. Obviously, a lot of tough shoes to fill. Torchy Clark had a lot of success. We transitioned into a different era of, of nice basketball. Kirk did a really nice job keeping things together. It was a it was a solid program. Obviously, we, we didn't have as many breakthroughs, I think, as people had wanted to. But Kirk was a solid coach, a solid citizen, and a solid ambassador for UCF. So um, much, uh, much congratulations to him on his retirement. And uh, once a night, always a night, right? In this case, yes. He, he was a night for a very long time. With 17 years, I believe, in mm-hmm. the black and gold. Very good job. It brought the team to the dance a few times. And that, uh, and we were playing in a conference where you had to win the conference to get in. And he did it a couple of times. Put a scare into Pittsburgh that one time in the tournament. We could have won that one if we don't drip the ball off our foot. Uh, the UConn game even made a, a nice comeback in that game, too, and made it close for a little while. So some good performances from his teams. With the four NCAA tournament appearances, more worthy of the Mount Rushmore of UCF men's basketball head coaches than Torchy Clark, different eras? No, I mean, Torchy's number one all time, uh, but you could he's on the Mount Rushmore for sure. I, I'd put him right up there at two. I mean, if you want to argue Dawkins. Of coaches or you've got. No, for basketball, basketball coaches. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, he's going to be on there for four basketball <laughs> coaches. I mean, what do we put the Donnie Jones on there? Come on. <laughs> no. Got some no, good recruits. <laughs> well, well you, put him, you put him ahead of Dawkins? Uh, that's an interesting question. Answer it. Um. Hmm. Right now, yes. Yes or no? Right now, yes. 
Yes. Okay. Right now, yes. He did. He was able to do so much with an even more shoestring budget back in those days, uh, even skimpier than what they have now, uh, and and very inadequate facilities uh, in what is now known as the venue. And so, yeah, I think right now I would. Yeah, our arena had a garage door on it, basically. <laughs> we found about like two hundred people in there. Mike's retort of answer it was <laughs> the best part of this entire segment. It's a, it's a family question, show. Uh, geez, it's a little forceful. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit with our legal expert coming up about uh, the Terrence Lewis arrest, but a couple other football notes before we get to our first guest tonight. Cole Joyce, you remember him, former UCF linebacker, entered the portal today announcing he's going to Utah State. Uh, Mike typically doesn't like to wish former players well, but I will. Good luck, Cole, in your new venture. And then uh, we talked about uh, what death taxes, the Jaguars selecting uh, a UCF football player somewhere in the draft or free agent signing. And then they cut kicker Matt Wright, who makes nearly every extra point and long distance field goals. So I think we can dislike the Jaguars again. Kickers in the NFL, though, I mean, look, he'll have a team. He'll be on two teams by the time the league, uh, you know, kicks off again this year. I mean, kickers are such a commodity in the NFL. Every week, a team is, you know, bringing in a kicker to try out because their kicker missed an extra point. I got to think Matt Wright will catch on someplace. Obviously, he had a, probably the best season of any Jaguar last year, for being honest. So, um, yeah, I got to imagine at some point he'll find himself in a camp and battling for a job again. Yeah, he had a very good year last year. He's very consistent. He did a hit what like three kicks over 50 yards, so three or four, pretty, yeah, yeah. He won the game, yeah. I think, game winner. Dolphins. yeah, 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 yeah. So the game in London, so um, he'll get his he'll keep getting his chances, he's gonna be around for a while, and of course, he's smart. Uh, he was working at Lockheed Martin yeah. before he got the call to the NFL, so uh, he'll be employable in some capacity. Also, Seeing fun fact trace yeah. about Utah State, by the way, Anthony Tucker, former offensive coordinator, is there as the OC, and Hayden Kingston. Former quarterback is there as a grad assistant. So a connection for Cole Joyce and Utah State. Fun fact. Mm, gotcha. So now Utah State will be raiding UCF the way UCF raids Auburn, perhaps, for a little stretch there? Probably. I mean, yeah. they can have some <laughs> of those guys, I guess. Are you following? Do you still follow Jay Flash, former UCF wide receiver who entered the post? I have a – so here, I, once a night, always a night. But I have a rule. Once you're not on the team anymore, I, I unfollow you on social media. That's typically, I've got a lot of other people to follow, a lot of media accounts, a lot of current players, recruits. I only have so much bandwidth to follow people. So when you declare you're done with UCF, I typically hit the unfollow button. If you leave as a coach, I hit the unfollow button. Nothing personal, just a lot of things going on. So I don't follow Jay Flash, although I saw Jason Beatty posting his uh, his picture to, or video today of uh, his time at Miami. Um, and I saw that uh, Mississippi couldn't spell his name correctly. Yeah, so Ole Miss, maybe reunited with Josh Heupel at Tennessee. He's down in real South Florida visiting Miami, all of which, of course, prompts the question I asked to uh, grade the UCF wide receivers coming out of spring camp and overwhelmingly, well, not overwhelmingly, a good number saying a B grade, which I think is fair. We know we've got Ryan O'Keefe. Jay Flash was in the mix there, right? Competing with, uh, with Ryan uh, gives Kobe Hudson an opportunity to shine. But then there are question marks. We still had those question marks about who was going to step up, uh, but now even more so. Yeah, so I think one, two, I think are pretty clearly um, Ryan O'Keefe and Kobe Hudson. I think three, four, we've heard a lot about Jalen Griffin and him stepping up. There was talk of him battling for that third receiver spot. So I think he probably ascends to that. We saw a lot of Amari Johnson in the spring game, a lot of the screen pass, the tunnel screens to Amari Johnson. He was pretty active. I got to think he's got that four spot lined up right now. And then I think it's a battle between Jordan Johnson, Deontay Marks for whatever's next. Joey Gatewood is a receiver. We know Gus has He's a, a soft guy. spot. He's I a guy. Imagine. There's going to be a packet. Everyone prepare yourself now. There will be a goal line fade to Joey Gatewood at some point next year. Start drinking if you need to now, but that will be a thing. You can book it right here on the Suns UCF. <laughs> I'm looking at Amari Johnson, man. That's the guy that I'm looking forward to the last couple of years. We all know the one big play he had last year, the one that bounced off his shoulder in Louisville. But I think he's going to be poised for a big year, and he's going to step into that role. Mike, how'd you grade this? A, B? I, I think it, I think B seems fair losing Jay Flash. Yeah, it's not an A until proven otherwise, which it has the, the potential to be an A. But we got we still got to see it from some of these guys. A potential. I mentioned off the top news that began the week that uh, linebacker Terrence Lewis, an area a position need already on the UCF football team, arrested on a domestic violence charge uh, down in Miami Gardens, reportedly uh, from at Andy Slater media journalist that uh, he punched a woman in the mouth at a uh, 
Miami Gardens home. So let's bring in our legal eagle, uh, Michael Hoffman with Gordon & Partners, proud sponsor of uh, the Sons of UCF. Michael, welcome back into the Sons of UCF Live. Hey, how's it going, Trace? Thanks for having me. Doing well. We're going to get into a little NIL talk, but um, how serious is this charge uh, that Terrence Lewis is facing? I mean, it's pretty serious. It's a domestic violence assault or domestic violence charges are always serious. Now, they also go away the most often because obviously in this situation, it's two people that know each other. They're saying that probably, uh, I think the last thing that I was saw is, is that it was um, his cousin uh, that he hit. Um, and so, but oftentimes when you see it's when it's a girlfriend, a spouse, a cousin, a family member, they don't proceed to press charges. And so there's a lot of hay in the beginning and then it disappears. Um, so that's his best case scenario, but um, it's a pretty serious charge. I'm actually pretty surprised that uh, we're that UCF is just investigating at this point and haven't preemptively suspended them. Right, so. Well, you mentioned the charges there, but of course there's the whole other part, the UCF disciplinary action, not only as a university, but obviously athletics. So a lot more to come on this, but not the way you want to begin the week, certainly for him, certainly for UCF fans in an area such as linebacker where there's a position of need. But we also brought John to talk about NIL, NCAA, uh, late to the party again on this. They say they're going to do something, but uh, does that really mean much? They, they seem rather toothless about most things. I, I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't know how they're going to do anything. It's so, it's so, they, they didn't do anything before. You guys talk about it all the time. Like, it's not a new thing to pay players to do things for you in college. I mean, we've been doing this since, you know, SMU before that, back at the beginning of time. So I I don't know how they're going to regulate it. The, the big thing they keep talking about is boosters. Boosters can't do this. Boosters can't do this. Boosters can't do this. And then, you know, can't help with recruiting, can't give money, can't do that. And that'll be easy to regulate with, like, say, Nike or Adidas or easier to regulate with, like, some of the major, major brands. But how are they going to handle it with each individual group? Um, do you get talking about them being late to the party? They always said that they were going to wait until it kind of flushed itself out a little bit and then <laughs> jump in. And what did we learn? That a lot of money's flying around. Yeah, I, I think, though, what, what what has come out recently is that you're going to see is they're going to try and clamp down on some of this stuff like um, University of Texas had done where the uh, the hospital system was, like, sponsoring every lineman for $50,000. If you were an offensive lineman at University of Texas, you were getting fifty k to be this offensive lineman. I think stuff like that or the deal in, at UM that they were talking about, University of Miami, for – Another, I think it was another around 50 grand. Pretty much, if you come here to play football, you'll make it a minimum 50 grand in this contract from that billionaire. Those things are, I think, is what they're trying to push out because they talk specifically in the regulations about, um, or the proposed regulations about each deal needing to be individualized. So, not just these broad based deals. They don't want it to be considered a pay for play where it's like, this is the standard, this is the contract, come here and then you'll get whatever else you get. So, I think those things they're going to try and clamp down on, but. I mean, how and who knows if they even will. All right, so I'm going to read right. I have the NCAA ruling. I'm going to read this for you, and you tell me what, what this means. Uh, NIL agreements must be based on an independent case-by-case analysis of the value that each athlete brings to the NIL agreement as opposed to providing compensation or incentives for enrollment decisions. You are a lawyer. How would you defend against this? What does this even mean, A, and how enforceable or defendable is something like that? I mean, I'm smiling and laughing because it's. Uh, I can make an argument for everybody. Uh, you know, we can, we can, the, the, you can. It's so incredibly broad and vague. It's not even close to enforceable. If somebody really tried to fight it, if, if they say, like, let's say that they ruled a, the offensive lineman at Texas ineligible because the deal wasn't individualized, they'll that they'll be able to fight it till they're to the kids been playing in the NFL for 15 years, you know, and nothing has happened. It'll be like a Reggie Bush situation, but I don't, what it means is what I was talking about. It means that you can't make these broad based deals. You can't just say, if you come play offensive line for UT, you're going to make this much money. Um, you have to say, this guy has got social media reach of, you know, so I'll give you an example. So let's say Adam and Trace were both going for, uh, for deals. Mike's trying to get a deal with Adam and Trace at NIL deal. You guys are athletes at UCF. And Trace is does working on his walk and talks and doing all of his, you know, his social media stuff, tweeting and all this stuff. And he's got 10,000 followers on, on Twitter. He's got his 10,000 uh, YouTube subscriber. He's getting a tattoo. Right. And, um, you know, we're ready to go. And Adam doesn't have that. Adam's got barely on Twitter, barely on the, on, you know, whatever, doesn't have much of a, of a, of an influence. You can't, 
th th it's going to be a clear distinction because if if you pay if, if I'm paying both of you or Mike's paying both of you to do tweets for us, say you know I'll give you a thousand dollars for every time you tweet out my my name. <laughs> there's clearly a difference in value, so it wouldn't be individualized. You would have to look at it and say Trace is worth X number of dollars more, and there's me uh, metrics and all this stuff and all these influences, and there's an idea they can figure out what these things are worth. So you know that's what they're talking about whether it'll happen or not i don't know i don't know if that was a good explanation but. michael hoffman michael hoffman michael hoffman you can venmo me the money later yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I think that that's what they're talking about you know like some people really work on their like the kid i can never remember his main name because this was pre-nil and it made me hate him but the kicker delahoy or whatever his name was donald delahay donald delahay he would have he had a social media follow right so you know, he, he, he would have been worth more than, you know, Matty Ice, even if Matty Ice was, you know, killing it for us and doing really well. If Matty Ice didn't have that, that backing, you could make the argument that, you know, he was worth more money because he had a bigger, a bigger reach now. But then how do you define that? Because to me, and I could say, yeah, maybe that's true, but nobody, people don't like this kid. They like Matty Ice. So even if he only sees 10 people, it's worth more. It's just very ambiguous as all NCAA things are very, very ambiguous. Is the NCAA too late now to try to regulate this? I mean, these people already have agreements with these companies. They're going to come in and change the rules. If I already signed a million-dollar deal with somebody, they're not going to be able to take that away, right? No, I mean, they're not going to be able to avoid that stuff. And, and, it's, and what I found interesting is I haven't, I haven't seen anywhere where they're making each kid submit these deals. You know, there's, they're not, I don't see where they're making them disclose them as part of any um, like financial aid package or anything like that, which is where they could get – shifty with it you know it can mess up scholarships because you know for example when you get the pell grant or whatever you have to show income and your parents income and all that stuff if all of a sudden you're making a bazillion dollars you don't qualify for financial aid anymore <laughs> excuse me and a lot of these kids are getting that so we'll see but no i don't know how they could avoid these contracts that are, are already in place um what was interesting and in pro pro athlete on this day here the, the loophole that's going to be there's like you have um you have it's, it says that they can't make these deals contingent on you being at the school and if you leave the school they can't take it away so you know we look at the the kid that was at ohio state that you know the, the mullet the i can't remember anybody's name but he was the, the, like the number one recruit qb recruit in the country and he got like a million dollars after not playing to go to texas or something like that and everybody's like oh well i bet you they're gonna get all his nil money back I don't know how, you know, now these contracts are saying that they can, they can bounce around. So, you know, Rock'em Sox is going to have a hard time getting Dylan's, uh, you know, get, uh, voiding a contract with Dylan Gabriel because he went to OU. I think that that's going to be where it's interesting. Everybody's assuming that it's like, well, nope, I'll pay you all this money. But the second you leave, if you leave, you can't have it. I don't think they're going to be able to do that because um, that, that was pretty clear in the rule in the, the guidelines that that wouldn't be, um, a, you know, yes, thank you, Bumblebee. That's a, a viewers. But, um, I think it's very clear that you can't do it because that would be pay for play. That's like by definition, stay at my school, come to my school. You can, you know, we can pay you to play that kid that came out at a UM, the basketball player. And he was like, I want a bigger NIL deal or I'm leaving that. He, he said that like three days before they, uh, the NCA, you know, had come out with this, but that would be a clear violation based on my understanding of it because they're specifically play, paying him to stay at the school. They can't pretend like it's because they want him to sell used cars for him. You mentioned uh, IRS uh, and Pell Grants and the, and the like. Imagine tax filing deadline was interesting for, for some of these student athletes scrambling to get all of that paperwork in. So this is the thing. You talk about NCA being late to the party. If the NCA had just been proactive and made this, got this done and made very clear rules on this, say, five, ten years ago, three years ago, and didn't allow the states to run on this, it could have been really clear. They could have had clearing houses for all this stuff. It could have been much more under, you know, handled. There would have been no pressure from on the states to pass any laws it would have been easy but now there's kids gonna be gonna get in trouble you're gonna see like uh do you remember the 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 show survivor the first year that guy got a you know he won a million dollars and a couple years later he got arrested for richard hatch um, fun fact yes yeah richard hatch thank you for um for tax i'm not proud of that he didn't realize he had to pay taxes on his million dollars prize winning from um from survivor that, that guy was like 60 right? he's been paying taxes his whole life what do you think a 17 year old kid from whatever, you know, is going to, is going to know when he gets his money, there are going to be so many problems. I mean, there's going to be, we're going to be seeing kids getting in trouble, like real, real trouble. Cause the IRS does not care. Like they don't care about, they're coming for their money and they're going to get it. Like that's, 
you know, Wesley, we're gonna have a bunch of Wesley Snipe scenarios. So these guys making this money, spending it like crazy. And then what, what do you mean I got to pay 40%? So Mike, a make problem. a note here. You might need to amend your tax return. The million dollars that's flowing uh, into yeah. the sons of UCF. You might need to amend that. Uh, Michael, uh, you give out your phone number just willingly. Is that what you, it's part of the uh, the advertising for Gordon and Partners? Or is that yeah. just a you thing? My phone rings. My phone, I mean, that's, I do it. My phone rings a lot. You know, it, <laughs> you got to answer it. But you never know. It could be a really good case. So I, I take it. But um, yeah, I, I just pretty much mostly just give it my phone number. Yeah. Do you want to do that right now? You want to promote the business? Sure. Yeah. I mean, 407-913-5350 for all your NIL, NIL needs. No, I'm just kidding. But uh but, uh, but <laughs> they branched out. They're now now covering that. Yeah, yeah. I I, t I, uh, I, I took a, um, a CLE, a continuing learning, you know, class that we have to take for to keep our licenses on NIL, and I was like really excited to to learn about it. Not because I was going to do anything with it, but just to learn about it. And it, it was the most uneventful class ever because nobody has any idea what the heck they're doing, you know. So, um, which would be the last point before I jump off with you guys is that. When you look at the NCAA, um, uh, excuse me, the NBA and, and uh, MLB, whatever, all the professional sports teams, for to be an agent, you have to be like certified, and there's a bunch of standards that you have to go through to be an NBA agent or an NFL agent or a financial advisor to these people and all this stuff. And these are for professional athletes. Tons of rules for the for for these college kids now. Their roommate can be their agent, and they have agencies, NIL agents and whatnot. It's completely the wild west. There's going to be kids getting taken advantage of left and right. It's really crazy. It's horrible. Fun times, Michael, fun yeah, times. Plenty really of material to cover all summer long here on the Sons of UCF Live. Michael Hoffman, Gordon and Partners, proud sponsor of the Sons of UCF. Thanks for joining us on Sons of UCF Live. Thanks, guys. Have a great, uh, great rest of your show. Thank Thanks, you Michael. very much. All right, so Mike, report that money, okay? Don't, don't yeah. do that. Under report. Well, I haven't seen any of the money from Gordon and Partners. Adam's been holding on to it. <laughs> Whoa! Wow. 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 Post show, awesome. Mike. Post show conversation. It, Jeez. That's, remember, we did that one week wow. on Instagram. Uh, Next on Maury Povich. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> well, let's uh, turn the page, but continue this theme a little bit. Talk about a UCF, uh, at, former UCF athlete who existed a pre NIL area, era Olympic gold medalist Phil Dalhauser joins us now on the Sons of UCF Live. Phil. Welcome in. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. You were listening to a bit of that conversation. What do you make of NIL? Um, what exactly is an NIL? <laughs> <laughs> Name, image, and likeness. Being paid uh, for your oh, participation. Oh, for college athletes. Yeah. Um, I mean, why wouldn't why wouldn't they get paid for their NIL? Like. Uh, I thought NCA was running some kind of scam for all these years. Um, these poor kids, you know, I thought we're getting taken advantage of and now they can make some money. I think it's great for them. Granted, as uh, the, as what was his name, Mike? Uh, yeah. The, you know, some kids will get advantage, uh, taken advantage of for sure. Um, and they're going to run into some problems, but um, I think it's better better problems, I guess, than, the, um, you know, not making any money. Well, speaking of making money, Phil, you, you did that for a long time on the tour. And uh, I know you announced your retirement a while back, but you played this past weekend. Uh, you guys won the Austin Open, you and Andy Banesh. Uh, so what's <laughs> your current playing status? Are you retired? Are you semi-retired? Are you kind of coming out for select tournaments? Where are you at right now? <clears throat> well, I, um, I actually retired from international volleyball, beach volleyball. And uh, I never said I was going to retire completely. And um, so I'm playing domestically this year, which is on the AVP tour. And uh, I wasn't really actually supposed to play uh, Austin. Um, but um, Andy's partner, actually my old partner, Nick Lucena, uh, rolled his ankle or something. And uh, he was like, hey, you want to play? And I said, sure. I was like, sure, why not? It should be fun. And we ended up winning the whole thing. And Phil, you were at UCF around the same time as, uh, as Adam and I, early 2000s. We used to have these volleyball tournaments out at Knights Crossing Phase 3. Did you ever play there? Or, and do you remember, what were your favorite courses to play, courts to play at? Uh, well, luckily, uh, there was four really nice uh, lit 
beach volleyball courts on campus. I think the, the gym is on top of those courts now. Um, so I always, I probably spend more time there than I did in class. Honestly, I was out there all the time, but I'm not so sure what courts you guys are talking about. Yeah, it was just a new apartment complex that opened when we first moved up there in like 98. And then we had beach volleyball tournaments out there like every weekend, basically. Oh. <laughs> you, you missed that then. Um, how would you yeah. describe the growth of beach volleyball as a sport across the country? Uh, so for women, uh, the growth is like crazy. Uh, I think it's the fastest growing um, sport in college. Um, and man, they just have a pipeline into the pro tour, like no other country, um, does like us women are going to dominate the world of beach volleyball and really indoor volleyball for a long time. Um, but on the men's side, it's, it's a little weaker. Um, it's the growth is not there. It's actually probably, um, shrinking, I guess it's the opposite of growth. Huh? Um, so it's. A little unfortunate for the for the boys. The boys don't have much opportunities. Phil, so you mentioned you and Nick Lucena. You guys were a strong partnership for a long time, won a gold medal. As you can see here, I have to do this show each week with these two knuckleheads. So can you give me some advice on how do you form a, a strong partnership? What are the core things that I should do to form a partnership and carry these two every week on the show? <laughs> you know, uh, being a good partner, uh, I talk a lot about which was probably um, my weakest part of my game, honestly, because uh, I always had the, the belief when I was playing um, that you, I take my uh, take care of my what I need to do, you deal with your stuff. And, and now I realize like, I could have maybe helped out um, my partners a little more when they were struggling, because there's no one on the beach volleyball court, there's no hiding, like you can't sub in someone else. Like if someone's struggling, you better believe that person's going to get uh, picked on. And um, I never was the best partner to really help my partner out when he was uh, struggling. So Adam, I got help nothing Mike. for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Adam, no, help, Mike. help Mike a lot. Mike that's good feedback. Thank you. No, that's Maybe put him on mute or something. <laughs> Fair enough. He mutes himself a lot anyway. That's fine. All right. <laughs> Phil, you've gotten to travel the world playing volleyball. What are your favorite cities to visit? And which, what's the nicest beach, in your opinion? <clears throat> uh, the nicest beach I've been to, probably, probably real, I mean, uh, Copacabana. Uh, well, the next beach over is called Ipanema, um, which is basically, it's still Rio, Rio de Janeiro. But I, I would have to say the nicest beach is, is there. Unfortunately, they don't really, I hope I don't, offend anyone with this but they don't really take care of the beach it's kind of like sometimes you have trash um wash up and stuff um but other than that it's like it's uh, gorgeous there but my favorite cities uh the plan um i'm a little biased but we uh we used to play a tournament in gestad switzerland it's in the middle of the alps this little valley city and it's like crazy like you get off you get off the train and um it feels like you're like in a fairy tale or something it's uh it's unreal beautiful um so that's probably my my favorite city to play in well let's wrap up with this you got a number of summer camps that are coming up tell us more about the beach volleyball academy and what you guys got coming up well you know the 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 sport has been pretty good to me so i'm trying to give back to the sport and grow a nice little beach volleyball community in Orlando um, because when I was living here, man, I didn't have any problem finding a game. Like I said, I was at, at the courts every weekend or every, almost every day over at UCF, but uh, it's really not like that anymore. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to start with the kids here and get kids playing uh, on the sand. And so, yeah, there's our, there's our dates there um, for the summer. And uh, so, do you also so offer got a question for beginners and, and uh, adults as well? No adults yet. We ha we do have like a social league that's going on actually on Thursday nights, um, which is more like hit the volleyball round and 
have a couple beers and a burger. So it's not really. So we got serious. a question from one of our one of our listeners here. Wants to know okay. uh, since you have since you have your academy, have you ever considered becoming a beach volleyball coach at the college level one day? Is that something you want to get into as coaching? Uh, at first, I I was in, very interested. I actually um, talked to the indoor coach at uh, UCF a few times, Todd. Um, Dazzle. Yes, yes, um, and he was kind of pushing for it, but now. Um, I have a friend that's a head coach. Um, she's at Florida State, and I see uh, all the stuff she deals with. And now I don't have any desire to be a, <laughs> a college <laughs> collegiate coach because it's a lot with the kids and the parents and all the rules that she's got to know. And like, uh, uh, this is too much, too much. There's no 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 coaching. It's really just trying to tiptoe uh, through everything. And you'd have to deal with all that uh, NIL money and collectives and all those dollars yeah. flowing out for recruits. Yeah. We're glad you can still enjoy the game, uh, playing and uh, teaching, uh, you know, kids and and, and the opportunities available at the uh, Beach Volleyball Academy. Phil Dahlhauser, thank you for being with us on the Sons of UCF Live. Thanks, fellas. Thank you very Thanks, much. Phil. All right. So, what did you learn, Adam, about? Uh, partnerships teamwork since we've already heard from mike that you're holding on to money <laughs> yeah yeah no, i'm just gonna mute i'm just gonna cut mike's mic from here on out really is what, what it's gonna be. i'm just gonna let the guests decide if you want to hear from mike this week or not um and, uh, that and could we'll, be a we'll, fun part of the show yeah well, I mean, our next guest, coming on soon. yeah our next guest might not want to hear from mike so we may have the first ever sons of ucf time where a guest gives mike the cut side we'll see I'm good for a 10 minute break. I, I had a long day today. I had a long night last night. So, still what do you think the odds are that Mike will call Michael Hoffman? He never did call BJ Taylor, right? You never called him. You still haven't kept in touch with George O'Leary. The Yankees are in first place. Yeah. Should you be calling George? Yeah, I don't want to jinx anything now with the Yankees. I can't, I can't call him up. <laughs> it's 24 <laughs> games into the season now. We, we can't jinx anything. <laughs> I like that. Um, some uh, softball news, uh, of course, softball in the American Athletic Conference Championship before we talk about baseball, different directions for these programs. 15th ranked softball, they're top 20 in all of the various polls, 44 and 12, of course, celebrating their first regular season championship since 2015. They're in Greenville, North Carolina, a tournament that was supposed to be played at UCF, but Mike Respo and AAC got annoyed that UCF's leaving for the Big 12, so they yanked that tournament away, uh, UCF up in Greenville. They're gonna host, or they're gonna play Houston Friday, now 9 a.m. because of an 80% mm -hmm. chance of rain in Greenville, North Carolina. By the way, not an 80% chance of rain in Orlando. So those games could have probably been played at a normal time, be on ESPN+. Plus. They'll face the winner of Wichita State against uh, our friends over in Tampa. Um, now, you remember UCF, just uh, two losses in conference play. One of those to uh, Houston when they led 7-1, I think it was, and, and lost 9-8. So um, a little bit of revenge on their mind there. So uh, NCAA selection show Sunday, UCF hoping to be one of those seeds uh, that's going to host games. We'll see how it turns out for them this weekend. Uh, Cindy Ball Malone, this uh, soundbite courtesy of our friend Eric Lopez on her thoughts on keys to winning the AAC championship this weekend. Getting ahead of batters, uh, playing routine defense, and then offensively, um, we've seen every pitcher, you know, there's no surprise. Now it's just a matter of, uh, making adjustments before the game starts and knowing, you know, what, what those pitcher strengths are and, and just working towards ours. AAC awards announced uh, this week as well. Coaching staff of the year, UCF defensive player of the year, Justine Molina, rookie of the year, Michaela Macario, first team all conference, uh, Gianna Mancha, Jada Cody, who was on this show a couple weeks back, Kennedy Searcy, Denali Schopacher. Mike, you were a little skeptical on the podcast this week that you think somewhere along the line, UCF is going to get hosed and not host. Yeah, I think we have to win this conference tournament. Otherwise, they're going to use that against us. Uh, we should be hosting, but we've seen this story before. It doesn't always work out that way. We have to win this tournament convincingly, maybe move up in the rankings a couple more spots, and then we'll see what happens. But I'm not holding my breath on this. Yeah, I always take the the words of the, the great and wise Eric Lopez, who always says, if you think that the, you know, the football selection committee and the basketball selection committee are corrupt, you know, uh, softball and volleyball would like a word. So you, you never say it's official until it's official on this one. The metrics, the numbers, Elo does a great job breaking that down, would tell you that UCF is in a really good position. But 
all these all these you know situations come up that all of a sudden there's there's reason so i'm I'm with mike i'm in camp skeptical until i actually see it flash on the screen not that it's not deserved by the way but i feel like there's going to be some sort of a weird nuance of a rule that's going to take that away from us and uh it just seems like we always get the short end of the stick on those things if eric's watching perhaps he'll type on the screen and let us know i believe it was 2017 he's talked about this but i don't know the reason eric uh that number one in the country minnesota did not end up hosting is there a venue issue? And that just goes to show you that sometimes these selections can be uh, crazy. I think obviously they've got to win Friday uh, in that game and then get to the title game on uh, uh, Saturday morning, uh, 11 a.m. start, uh, depending on the weather, obviously. Maybe they move that around again. But I think they got to at least win Friday to make their case. But I'll remain skeptical right up to the, uh, to the selection show on Sunday. And single elimination. I mean, anything can happen in one game scenario. You have a bad day, and then all of a sudden you're out. Yeah, tale of two programs, of course. <laughs> I feel like, remember the old Sports Illustrated jinx? You know, if you were on the cover, something happened. The EA Sports is another one, right? Uh, I threw out a week ago, maybe Greg Lovelady, BAAC Coach of the Year. Then they dropped the final two games of the weekend series in Tampa. Uh, and then they lose uh, in real South Florida 16-10. to 10. I guess the Hurricanes missed an extra point in that one. Uh, the uh, Knights have now lost three straight uh, stumbling here towards the stretch, right? Yeah. That's it. Losing the series to the cows always stings, right? Because obviously that's your rival team. Uh, you know, you always want to kind of put them away a, a great Friday night performance. And then two, uh, two games Saturday, Sunday, where you feel like you had some opportunities, but bash just weren't there. You weren't able to get runs across the plate. Then you go to Miami, number six ranked team in the nation. You, you got to imagine the guys were pretty juiced up. You saw on social media, they went with the Miami Vice outfits on the way down there. Figured they're going to play loose, have a little fun. Clearly runs were not were not premium, but obviously end up on the short of the stick, you know, from a pitching perspective. Um, so you, you hope that at Houston helps you right the ship this weekend. Houston's a good team, though. They're sitting in second right now in the AAC right, by, right in front of UCF. So won't be an easy task going to, uh, to Houston to try to play this weekend. A missed opportunity last weekend. We talked to Steven last weekend. We talked about how we needed to sweep the cows. You win that first game and then have two clunkers after that. That really hurts. We're really behind the eight ball. And we got to make up for it this weekend, though. Do we have Steven yet? Is he we in the green room? We do have Steven yet. He is ready to roll. A week ago, Steven showed us yeah. a finger. Not the finger. A finger. Just a, just a finger. He joins us. Uh, we had Phil Dazer on earlier. What's your beach volleyball uh, expertise? It's very recreational, um, and <laughs> part of me is wondering why you keep having me on here when you have cool people like that that come on. That guy is a different level compared to, to who I even come close to being. So I am honored to be on the show after people like that. I mean, this is, I mean, this takes it to another level, guys. First of all, we think you're cool. Secondly, we have Mike <laughs> on every week. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. All right, so I threw out Greg Lovelady, AAC Coach of the Year contender last week. Things were righted, and then they dropped two out of three. Can't score. 15 left on base Friday. That was in a win. And then 16-10 to 10 loss at Miami. What is going on this week? Yeah, that's a great question. I think uh, when we could figure that out, that's when uh, the program turns around. But um, it's been it's been this way, right? It's been so up and down. There's times where you're like, this is a regional team. And then there's times where it's like, how is this team going to win 10 games? Uh, it's been it's been pretty crazy roller coaster type year for these guys. And I feel for them because injuries have played a huge part in that. They looked tired on the weekend. I mean, Saturday, Sunday, they look like a totally different team than they were on Friday. Um, I don't know if they thought they were just going to walk out there and win games, but it looked like a different team, and uh, it, it looks tired, um, which is not a good sign coming up down the home stretch here. So uh, it's a really hard team to put your thumb on uh, what exactly their identity is, but it, it's, it's been quite the roller coaster ride. I mentioned it off the top, uh, going to Houston this weekend, they are currently second in the American Conference. We are a game back from them. So this is a huge series, right? If we win two or three or sweep this, you know, we'll get ourselves right back in the driver's seat. But to do that, Stephen, what needs to happen? Well, they can't be leaving guys on base like they did all weekend. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a big problem. And then giving up 16 runs. I know it's the number six team in the country, but anytime you score 10 runs, you got to win a ball game. 
Uh, so you got to pitch in those big situations. They need their starters to give them a good start. They need to get quality starts out of those guys, and they need to be able to move runners. Uh, what what we've seen is they get those runners on base, but they're not moving them over and getting them in like they should be executing on offense. Uh, so you need quality starts, guys throwing five innings, six innings, seven innings, you know, so five or more. Try to hold them under under two three runs, and then they need to be able to move guys over and get them in. If they're going to get them on like they've been doing, they just have to execute better in that situational hitting area. Well, we know it's going to be a tough weekend this week. Houston, give us a little scouting report. Do they have a stud pitcher we need to look out for? What's their lineup look like? They got a couple of bats that are that are going to be tough. Um, but you'd rather that, right? You'd rather that than, uh, you know, going out there and facing a guy that's, you know, one of the best in the country. Now, they got some good arms, too. They're well coached, and so um, they're going to have some good guys. They're going to have some good players, uh, but they're not a team that's they're not unbeatable. They're not you know one of those superhero type teams. They they got some guys just like we have some guys, and so uh, it's it just depends what team shows up. I think if if UCF just focuses on themselves and stop worrying about the other side. I mean, I think that's when they're going to take a big jump too, because they got plenty of talent themselves and uh, just trying to get that to show up on a, on a nightly basis has been quite the challenge. So hopefully they can get it right. Um, But they do have Houston has some good players and uh, you know, they're, they're going to compete because they're trying to win a conference too. So. Ben Vespi a week ago, AAC pitcher of the week. He's showing consistency now need him again for another good start on Friday. Yeah, yeah, he's he's been great, um, and I think he's a guy that's he's just gone with the flow, right? He he started out as the basically the closer this year, right? And then he's pitched some middle relief, and now he's come on strong as a starter. And uh, uh, you just didn't know what you were going to get with him starting, and now next thing you know, he's he's been very consistent, like you said. And they need him to be that the rest of the year. Uh, if they're going to do anything, they need that guy. Uh, to get going and, and stay going like he has been. Uh, but they also need some of those guys to get healthy. Connor Stain's got to come back. Uh, hopefully we get to see Alex Freeland. Um, you know, hopefully they get healthy. Hopefully those guys that have been playing well can stay consistent. Steven, I'm always going to ask you the hard-hitting questions around here. I noticed that Houston has an all-field turf field, right? So no yep. natural grass. It's all that natural synthetic field stuff. Does that have any impact on the way that, that the team plays? Is there anything specific they need to do in advance to prepare for that kind of a surface? Uh, just the, the hops are easy in the infield. It's going to be a little bit quicker. Uh, in all facets, it's going to play faster. So uh, the ball on the ground is going to be – it's going to have a little bit to it. Uh, but then also running, you're going to be – you're going to be going a little bit faster. The biggest thing that I found in some of those those situations where you're on a turf field is you got to practice your sliding because you slide a lot further on that turf. And so you'll see guys that slide right past bases. Uh, so that's a big preparation point uh, for, for the offense. Um, but defensively, it's actually easier to play on turf. Uh, but – offensively it's something uh to get used to because some of those balls that you're not expecting to get through might get through uh and then some of those times where you're you're running and you got to slide uh, slide right into the base or slide a little bit early because you'll see guys slide right past it their first time playing we discussed a little bit of hockey last week your rangers <laughs> stayed alive last night I know, they have the I know. guts. Are they going to pull it off? Are they going to make the comeback, finish this thing? I don't know. They've been so bad in some of these games. I mean, giving up five goals, seven goals, all sorts of crazy stuff. And it's like, I don't know. You got their goalie is a Hart Trophy finalist. And I'm sitting here like, man, he looks like he's Swiss cheese at this point. But, um, you know, I, I hope so. It's It's been it's been crazy to watch a lot of ups and downs. It seems like UCF baseball, right? I mean, they have good games and bad games and it's just been a, a crazy roller coaster so far, but I'm hoping so. I, it's, uh, I, I might have to throw my Jersey on at some point and, you know, bring some good luck. I don't know. I think that first game wore out Shesterkin. I mean, we had like 79 I saves. <laughs> I know done. it was crazy. That guy, <laughs> I mean, he, it was like nonstop. It was like a Tommy gun of shots just coming at him. So, 
I do have to show you guys. I, I have this here. So there we go. Oh, okay. Ah, product nice. product placement. See this? Nice. Nice. You know, what what's what's in that tumbler? It's water. It's water. Gotcha. Yeah. Same here. Same here. <laughs> okay. Uh, you're an A lister who I enjoy texting during games. I like the yeah. direct one word awful oh, okay. in response awful. to something that is going on. Awful. Uh, like, that's I, I, all I need. That's the analysis that you need from Stephen Brock on ESPN or be a test. I, I don't hold back much when I mean you should see the text threads that Mark and I have during games sometimes, even if we're sitting next to each other. Uh, I mean it's there's there's times where uh, if you listen closely in some of the broadcasts, he's he's laughing pretty hard in the background. Uh, I gotta stop doing that to him though. But uh <laughs> we we have a good time. We I, I we have we have a really good time together, but there's you know, sometimes it's just when it's brutal, it's brutal. I mean, it is well, what it I'm is. I'm glad everybody's just drinking water out of those tumblers. <laughs> Steven, <laughs> so, Steven, I, I tried to nail you down at a baseball team. You dodged us on that one. Yep. You tried to nail you down at a football team. You dodged me on that one. Last week, very excited to learn you're a hardcore Rangers fan. As we are recording now, NBA playoffs are on. We got Heat Sixers. Heat are up, which is fantastic, by the way. What's your NBA team? So let's 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 get to know Steven again this week. Who's your <laughs> NBA team? You cannot tell me you have guys on NBA teams. I'm not buying. No, I, no, I, I like the Magic. I'll I'll be a Magic okay. guy. I'll be a hometown guy. Um, okay. Now like I winning. Am, no, I'm not right now. Um, <laughs> it's I, it's never been a sport that I uh, really did follow much. I actually work with some guys now that are huge NBA fans, so I follow it a lot closer because we just talk about it all the time. But uh, I like the Magic. I, I like some of the young talent that they have, and I think they have they got some things they can do in the future. But uh, I'm hoping that it's uh, Milwaukee and, and Miami because I, I might go down and try to see a game. So okay, you know that I think that'd be a that'd be a, a, little, that'd be a yeah. That'd be you're a fun you're trip. in luck right now. Heater up uh, sixty eight fifty two uh, in game six. Go. So you're in luck right now. Go. I like that. All right, it's good. All right, Stephen, let's see if the Knights can come out of Houston with uh, a couple of wins at least. And, yeah, I'd like to and see back it. home for four and, and roll into the conference tournament with a little momentum. A lot of ifs in that. Stephen Bronca, part of the ESPN Plus broadcast covering the Knights. Thanks for being with us this week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Stephen. All right. Um, Chris, hold Mike. on really quick. Sorry. An yeah. important update. Eric Lopez has gotten back to us. Uh, yes. So here's the, the response to your question. He was watching the Heat game, but Minnesota did not host as committee knocked their non-conference schedule. Minnesota RPI was 13, but did not host despite number one rank. That's insane. They went to Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> so back to back. <laughs> you can interpret that any way you want, by the way. I'm not sure why they were in Alabama. They went to Alabama is all you need to know. That's crazy. All right, uh, Mike, uh, NFL schedule out. Give me the wins and the losses. Giants at Titans. Loss. That's, I'm going to just count the wins. I'm just going to keep one hand. Yeah. Uh, Panthers at Giants. Win. That's a one. Cowboys at Giants. Loss. Okay, Bears at Giants. Oh, that's a barn burner right there. Win. Uh, that's two. Wow. Giants at Packers. Let's move on. Loss. Giants at Jags. Win. Is that three? Giants at Seahawks. That's tough. We're doing the whole thing. Uh, at Seahawks. Uh, they, they, they'll lose that one, too. Texans at Giants. I'll be over here if you need me. Win. Just hang out. Lions at Giants. Ooh. Win. Again. So that's we're, five we're right there? Now. We're rolling. Uh, Giants at Cowboys. No. No, I'll probably lose that one. Too. Commanders. That's not easy to remember. At Giants. <laughs> I don't know what you're done. I say they'll, they'll split with the Commanders. So give me one of those. Then they have a week off, and then they go to the Commanders. Yeah. So, those, like I said, they'll win one, they'll lose one. So, is that six? Giants at Vikings? Uh, loss. Yeah, loss. Colts at Giants? Another loss. Giants at Eagles? Uh, that's a loss. But there's another Eagle game in there, too. They're going to split with the Eagles, too. So, seven? Seven wins. Yeah. Not bad. Seven is like your 12-0 and 0 UCF prediction. <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, go that's around the That's a weak schedule. And, and the whole NFC East has that weak schedule because you're playing two divisions, the, the NFC North and the AFC South, that just stink. They have one good team in it. So. Oh, that bodes well for Giant Nation. Uh, let's go around the kingdom real quick. Good luck. Men's golf in the New Haven Regional NCAA Tournament begins May 16th. Women's golf, they're out. Finished 11th in the NCAA Tournament in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Women's basketball finally 
some players coming in from the portal and some coaching staff uh, fill out. Tennille Adams, previously associate head coach at Memphis, so knows a little bit about UCF and the AAC. Greg Brown, previously assistant uh, coach at uh, Texas A&M, was at UCF for five years back in 07 to 12, uh, assistant coach, then associate coach. And Ashley DeVoe, previously director of basketball operations at Syracuse. So uh, some uh, coaching staff and some players added. So uh, welcome to Coach Messer and UCF. Good to see some moves there. Let's open up that mailbag. Where are we at in the walk and talk department? Any this week? We, got, we have one, Trace. We do have a walk and talk. And uh, this, uh, this should sound familiar to everybody. What's up, Suns out here in future SEC country, Austin, Texas, repping UCF. Had a question for you. A couple questions, actually. First one is if we only get to play Texas or Oklahoma in the potential one year we're together, which one would you rather play? And of our new Big 12 foes, who are you most excited about uh, suiting up against in football? Have a good one, guys. Guy looks familiar. He does. So the Um, answer to his question. Yeah, so it depends on who the quarterback at Oklahoma is, if you know what I'm talking Mm. about. Uh, because that would be quite a matchup if there's some uh, some karma that comes back there. So I'll go Oklahoma. Who are we most excited to play against? I don't really know who's. I mean, Oklahoma State's typically a good team. I look at it more. What's a what's an experience to, to go to? Not looking forward to going to Lubbock. Baylor's got a nice little new stadium there in Waco. Maybe, maybe I'll yeah. go Baylor on that one. Yeah, I agree on both accounts. Oklahoma, we've never played them before. We've played Texas a couple times already, so I'd like to play Oklahoma and Baylor. Sailgating sounds like a lot of fun, so I, I think I'd like to check that. You and out. you and Mario just rent renting a boat right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, at Chad UCF, discuss our linebacker depth. Moving on to our next question: Is there any linebacker depth? Ugh. Oof. Well, we, we brought we'll Chris Mullen from UAB, uh, yeah. so we'll, obviously an, uh, a veteran player, an established player. I know there's talk about a, a kid in the portal who was in Maryland and then went to Kansas State for about a hot minute. He's on the radar. Who knows? But uh, it's it's looking a little bit a uh, little bit loose in the linebacker room, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens with this Terrence Lewis situation, but it's not looking good right now. At fit to the max twenty four, and fit to the max, you can ask this question every week. I love fanning this. What which quarterback starts the season at QB one? John Rice Lumley. I've been saying that from the beginning. I don't know. Are people keeping track of what I say each week? Because I remember what I said last time. I don't know if, if anyone remembers it. So Robert I feel like I can go either does. way. He's, he's right. our accountability. I'm sure I'm going to get. Yeah, Eric Lopez also keeps us, uh, fact checks us. Uh, well, in that case, know. I'm going John Rice Plumley. King Kong, baby. I'm sticking with King Kong. Uh, similar vein of question from All Night. That's one, two, three, four L's from All Night. Uh, Plumley, he says, uh, listed at uh, plus 5,000 to win the Heisman outright. Mikey Keene, no odds listed. Does Vegas know something we don't? Yeah, they know Plumlee's name. <laughs> it's pretty much <laughs> it's pretty much all that would be. I mean, look, I'm willing to throw down like five bucks and see what happens there, but it would have to be one of those magical carpet ride style seasons for that to take place. I'd love it, though. I mean, shoot, we, we've had Dante and KZ you know, loosely in conversations for, for Heisman stuff, but we've never really had a nice Heisman campaign. I'd love one of those around here. I guess uh, Kevin Smith potentially as well, but... I'd love a, a real legit push no. for a Heisman campaign. It, uh, Brian, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, Brian W. Much. Peterson. <laughs> I like the Brian W. Peterson questions. Hope everything's going well in the, what is it? Car sales? What did we have him doing? Was it? Uh, uh, he's your auto, your car warranty is expired. Yeah. Uh, how long before some UCF fans realize USF is on the rise and won't be bad forever. Uh, he recalls a time of course, when uh, uh, UCF fans, were treated poorly by USF fans, and he doesn't want to see us go back and do that to them. They, of course, made some news this week, bringing in a, a Baylor transfer quarterback. How long should we yeah. be concerned? Jerry Bohannon is the the, the kid they brought in. I mean, they're, look, they're going to get better at some time. How, how good is bet, better going to be is the question. And will we be around at that point to even experience the better? I do think this year's game, though, is going to be competitive. I mean, last year they played us tough. I mean, it was a down-to-the-wire style game. Obviously a lot different team. But I'm curious now with Bohannon in, they had something going with Jimmy McClain. So what happens with him? It's the transfer portal era. I'm sorry, Timmy mm-hmm. McLean. So if Timmy and Jimmy decide to leave, that's a big hit for for the cows. So, um, but I, they're going to be improved, and I think this this year is going to be a tough game. Well, can they get any worse? They've been at the bottom of this conference for the last what five years. 
And, and they were pretty competitive before that, but they've never won a division. They've never played in a conference championship game. The best they've ever done is third place. They, I, I expect them to get back into the middle of the pack somewhere, but um, to think they're going to be great in one this next coming year, I don't think they're going to be that good. We should be able to beat them. At Statboy Drew, Andrew weighing in, asking about the um, schools added to the AAC for men's soccer. Did, does he think, uh, he's asking, do we think that will play a role in where UCF ultimately ends up? Uh, I don't. Of course, our friends over at the Black and Gold Banneret uh, believe that uh, they're going to the Sun Belt now. So uh, I don't, AAC is doing what it needs to do to fortify its conference, and they're not worried about where UCF goes. Yeah, I mean, I would say maybe, you know, that boy drew listen to his own podcast he's, he's got some updated info there right but no and on a serious note the Sun Belt's a good soccer conference I mean it's a that's a good landing spot from a men's soccer perspective if that's where you end up so uh, it's not a bad little gig but I don't know I think the AAC UCF stuff is just it's becoming a bad marriage that everyone recognizes that everyone's got to kind of separate out and I think the faster you get apart from each other the better it's going to be yeah we don't have to deal with the resco at all anymore then that's fine with me uh, hello, Mary Ashbaugh Six, asking how we feel about women's basketball. I'm glad to see some uh, coaches hired and some portal players come in. Going to be a long off season for Coach Messer. We back. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if we're back yet. Uh, another one from All Night uh, saying uh, about baseball losing two out of three over in Tampa. Up and down season, as we talked about with Stephen. Uh, which UCF team are we expecting to see towards the end of this season with the uh, the big series against Houston? Who knows. Nobody knows. Paper, scissors, shoot on this one. Um, yeah, I think if we knew that, we would have, have a much better gauge of, of what to expect. I mean, all you need to know is this is a big series. I mean, UCF's got to take at least two or three, if not a sweep, if they want to get some good momentum going into the conference championship. Houston's a good team. Road uh, road games, obviously. Uh, they, they've got to show up this weekend, in my opinion. Yeah, and they get a couple wins here. Maybe start playing with confidence to end the year. And this is all about seeding now for that conference tournament. That's going to play a big role. You don't want to get a bad draw early in that tournament. Hi, Lauren. Hope things are well with you. Atler, Eric Lopez, Elo weighing in with a question. If you can attend a UCF postseason sporting event that's not football or men's hoops, what would you pick? I'm guessing Eric would say softball. I'd love to go to a college World Series. In either yeah, this is the softball. caveat. Yeah, this is the caveat for me. I need to I need to know the stakes of the game I'm going to go to, right? I, if, if you're asking me, you're telling me it's a Final Four style event or it's some sort of the final tournament situation, um, I, I think softball, volleyball would be exciting too because it's a lot of back and forth action. Um, so I would take either of those two. Omaha! Omaha! It's got to be College World Series. I've watched that since I was a little kid. It's got to be that. And we'll end with at QC Hef. I love that. Your favorite handle. name, I know, every time. <laughs> if Mikey Keene is Keen Kong, coined by UCF Mike, and Thomas Castellanos is Tommy Gunn, what's a good nickname for John Rice Plumley aside from JRP? Johnny Ice, Wild Rice, the Mississippi Reaper, the Hattiesburg Howitzer. Uh, Mike, uh, you're the you're the nickname guy. What do you think? <laughs> I, I think we're trying too hard with this uh, nickname thing. It's just JRP. That's what it is. <laughs> Until something. Look, I think I, mean, I think wild rice is actually pretty interesting. You don't hear that a lot. There's already a lot of ices. There was there's a Matty Ice already, and I don't like the Mississippi or the Hattiesburg connection because he's not there anymore. Yeah. So I don't want that. So I think wild rice is actually interesting, Mike. I think you're a you're a hell. I remember uh, yeah, in college you made a lot of rice in a little rice cooker. I know you're a rice fan. I gotta think you're on you're on the board of wild rice. No. I like it. You know what we need? He needs somebody along with him. Maybe when he, they, they do these running back packages, somebody's got to be the, the, the pollo. He could be arroz con pollo. Could be, they could catch on somewhere down the line. I think Brian Peterson said uh, rice aroni. I think, that's I think Mario's got <laughs> vanilla rice as, a, as an option. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's good. Uh, entertaining guest for you guys on the pod this week. One Billy Giovanetti who sounded ready to hit someone. I think that was a direct quote. Yeah. He's, he's ready to hit. Yeah, no, I had to lock my door after the interview because I was afraid he was driving up to, to see me. Fun, uh, four fun things about Billy uh, Giovanetti that we learned. One, he accidentally became a fullback. So listen to how that conversation happened. Two, his brother got chewed out by George O'Leary, and he kind of enjoyed watching it. Three, he's got a good recall for uh, random uh, players who played for Marshall that may or may not have hit him. And four, he described every person he played against as he can thump. Do with that information what you will. Go download the show and uh, fill in the gaps around the rest of it. This guy was a great interview. I really enjoyed talking to him. 
I think we can make have them on in the future. So uh, stay tuned. I, I really like this one. Bring them on a live show sometime, a live show that featured Michael Hoffman, Bill Dalhauser, Stephen Branca, and of course, all of you. Uh, Adam, quick, give us the where people can follow us, social media, the Insta, and all that good stuff. Ready to write this down, everybody? Yeah. At Sons of UCF. Hey, that's everything. Uh, but well, YouTube at Sons of UCF, twonightsmedia.com, another fantastic spot you want to visit. Uh, we're we're all over the place. We still got to get those subscribers. I think we want 450, and you get one of the original Stephen Bronca style mugs that's over my head behind uh, behind me here. So get to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button, get your friends, get your relatives, find you know, find your grandmother, do somebody, hit subscribe, and somebody's gonna get a free mug. It's it's we're we're giving stuff away, people. Giving stuff. We may get tattoos if we get far enough, right? That was 10,000, bro. We haven't been yeah, off right. of 350 yet. I've, I'm pretty comfortable that I will go tattoo free for a, a long period of time. I'll get one at 10,000. There you I'm go. All right. I'm comfortable. There we go. Yeah. We need the bots. Somebody fire up the Russian bots. <laughs> get us to 10,000. Let's go. All right, everybody. Adam, enjoy the rest of this heat game as it approaches the fourth quarter. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. For Adam and Mike, I'm Trey Strolko. Go Knights! Charge on. B just tripped himself. That better not be a foul. I really. Sports Social Podcast Network.